she, she kind of just like freezes. She's like, don't move, don't move. And I'm like, I'm kind of in the middle, in between your thighs right now, like my face. So she gets off the bed, grabs a towel, and she's like, honey? And he's like, hey. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches this a little different, and at its core, our show is about hearing and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it's important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. It's also important to remember that we aren't doctors or therapists and that we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on this show. One final thing that we need to let you know about is that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. So, if that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you just keep listening until it no longer does. However, if you're under the age of 18, you should probably stop listening or gather up your parents and listen as a family. Enjoy! Tell them, Emma. (laughs) Every time. Welcome to episode 46. Holy shit. We're Finn and Emma. And Holy tamole, I shouldn't say shit that early. Wow, yeah, you're swearing already. Anyway. Today, we have an interview with Val and Jason. It's a fantastic interview. I know, we're with, trying to come up with new adjectives. Other than amazing. Well, everyone's amazing, fantastic, wonderful. Val and Jason tell us a cool, not cool, what am I? They tell us, <laughs> they tell us, a, it's a beautiful, it is a beautiful story, and the way they met, the things that they've gone through over the last year and a half, two years together, uh, it gets pretty emotional. And yeah, it's, it's a little heavy at times. But it's it's actually really awesome. So please, please stick around for the whole thing. You don't have to listen to us ramble at the end, but stick around for the whole interview. Yeah, it's amazing. In the meantime, we got some resources real quick. First one, Cassidy. We talk about them a lot. If you don't know what they are, go check out the links on our website and get yourself a free six-month trial. See what's going on over there. Meet some hot people. We're on there. We're hot. There's other people. They're hot. Mm-hmm. Use links on our website. The other one is stcheck.com. Also, it's an easy way to get tested for STIs. You go and fill out a form on their website. Go take it and get your uh Urine and blood sample, get it tested, get your results within 24 hours. Super simple. You need 24 hours ish. Yeah. We'll give them some time. We don't want them to mess it up. 36 hours, maybe. Anyway, that's not the point. It's fast. That's the point. Go to our new website, same website address, new design. Yes. And use the link on our page for $10 off. The website is normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And also, while you're there, check out the Contact Us page and this new voice recording that you can send us for free, because why would we charge you? And then send us some feedback. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Only nice comments, please, because I'm <laughs> sensitive. But we will see everybody on the other side of the show. Ready? Go. Let's go. Thank you, Val and Jason for and bella and i'd forgot the other name of the dog chloe Chloe, sorry (laughs) chloe for joining us tonight um and 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 being willing to share a little bit of your potentially non-monogamous life we don't want to assume anything but maybe (laughs) you could could fill us in on some of the details of a really loaded loaded label you potentially (laughs) non-monogamous 
Well, yeah, so maybe give us some of the details of the... Who oh, you are. Yeah, who you guys are, and we can go from there. Who are you? Uh, my name is Val. <laughs> I am 42. I live in San Diego. I identify more with uh, maybe solo poly, a little bit of relationship anarchy, if I'm assuming you're familiar with all these terms. Yes. <laughs> and the listeners are, too. In that... Uh, we've been together for six years and we choose to live apart. I choose to live by myself. I don't like having roommates, even partners. I just prefer my own space. So that's, that's me. Jason right now is my only partner. I, I date, I haven't really been dating much the past year. I had a partner for about three months last year who ended up committing suicide and that just kind of, Wow. Just kind of yeah, it, that was, um, that's, but now this year I've kind of, you know, I've just started dating a little bit again. So yeah, wow. that takes some time to process. I yeah, can imagine. Sorry to hear that. And the way that it went down. Yeah. It just, it was really, really sad. Yeah. As the things go. So I'm just getting back, trying to get my mojo back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, my turn. Hi. (laughs) I'm Jason. I am 37. 37? Yes, 37. (laughs) And I've been in San Diego, I think, since uh, 2009. And yeah, as Bill said, we've been together for about six years. This is, uh, our relationship was my, both of our first um, open relationship. Prior to that, I had, I had inklings like earlier on that maybe I was like not destined for the monogamous life. I was married for eight years uh, uh, a while back. I married very young. And my experiences with that, uh, as well as prior relationship experiences here and there, just kind of made me think, you know, this the way that this is structured doesn't feel right to me. So, you know, I'm open to exploring something better or maybe kind of like figuring out a better way because I just knew that it wasn't working for me. And so, you know, I think, um, stars aligned and we, we met and we ended up kind of coming to the same realization right around the same time, um, that we wanted to explore being, uh, non-monogamous. Uh, and so right now, I guess I, I identify as, as poly, polyamorous. I, um, I don't know. The labels are tricky to keep up with. <laughs> they keep on subdividing <laughs> and like coming down into more and more granular terms. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of just say I'm generally, generally poly. And so when you guys met, did you start off at, as a monogamous unit and then discuss it from there and open up or was it? No, I think we were, <laughs> we were both dating around, uh, yeah. quite a bunch at, at the same time as when we, when we first met. And I think for the first, we're on six years now. I think so for the first like five years or so we were in a V. Um, so, uh, I had another, uh, another partner, I just called her Anne. and, uh, yeah. So, you know, I was kind of running in between <laughs> the two of them and we, you know, it, we had our ups and downs, I think for the first, uh, Wait, couple of years. No, oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I would like to interject. Oh yes, please. Um, so yeah, we were dating and then it just came to a point where we had a discussion about the direction our relationship was going as people do. And I had read the ethical slot and I suggested to him that he read it and, and he read it 
as we, I think we were still dating um, and everything was resonating. And so we just kind yeah. of decided we were going to keep doing what we were doing. And yeah. And you know, now we have this title, like, cause I had said, I was like, I'm calling people. You're my, my boyfriend now. Yeah. So what should we like, do? Like, like are you like, okay with that title? And you know, we just kind of went from there. It's, yeah. it's always been open. I've never, um, for me, it's all about autonomy. I don't own anybody. I can't do what you can. I can't do with your life. So, yeah, I remember reading the ethical slide. It's like it's like the Bible for everybody that's kind of looking at this yeah. uh, alternative black kind of lifestyle, or is thinking, you know, hey, maybe monogamy is not working for me. But what else is there out there? But I remember reading it, and like the craziest thing that stuck to me about it was that it just seemed like really good relationship advice, regardless of whether you're monogamous or, or non-monogamous. And so I was kind of reading through it and I'm like, God, this is, this is like everything. It was, you know, when you recognize yourself in the, the people that they're describing or like the thought processes that they're uh, explaining, when you recognize yourself in that, it, it, something clicks. So yeah, um, you know, we had that conversation and really it was just along the lines of this is great. Can we just, do it like this. Like, <laughs> how do you feel about not changing anything? Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is great. Yes. Let's just not change anything. <laughs> and neither of you had been open in any relationship previous to that. Correct. Mm-mm. Well, I, I think before, so I had a marriage in, you know, from, I don't know. I think I got married at 28. I was with him from 26 years old. So I was married for six years. And in that time I was monogamous. Um, prior to my getting married, I had the kind of unsaid non-monogamy, you know, you just didn't talk about it, but you kind of did it. You know, I had a couple of dudes I would see regularly, mm-hmm. but it was never like we had a discussion about it. It's just, right. it was there. And so, um, you guys both had like, it, don't ask, don't tell basically. Kind of, yeah, yeah, but. Well, yeah. but did any in any of those relationships had it been discussed that you were going to be exclusive, or was it sort of just like we just never talked about it, and so it never yeah. mattered? Some folks, you know, I did do some monogamous relationships where it was discussed, and then other other times I didn't. And okay. even like when I was in a monogamous relationship, when I wanted out of it. I cheated and let him find out. (laughs) Interesting strategy. Yeah. (laughs) I know because I wanted him to leave me. So it was so that I could have the apartment, honestly. Resources. (laughs) Resources, man. We got to do what we got to do. I'm sensing a theme. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that, but it's true. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 curious now. It, when you go to break up with Jason, you can't cheat on him, really. See, this is why I decided from that point on that I wanted to live by myself because I just couldn't deal with having someone living with me. It, it that was solidified it for me. So yeah, but then um, I spent some time after I got a divorce. I was you know, oh man, I went on like a fucking spree. You know how you do that. Mm-hmm. If you're with somebody for a long time, if that happens, yeah, <laughs> expect a fucking spree. What was you said before you like, you want to get over somebody, get under somebody else. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds terrible, but you know, it's, it's, there's no the truth to it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Experience. Yeah. 
so I went to the Philippines and lived in the Philippines for almost a year. And while I was there, I had an agreement with, with someone there that, that we just, we knew this was for when I'm here and when I'm gone, then it's no more. And, and that was fine. And we're still friends. And that was kind of my first real experience with it. And, you know, kind of deescalating the relationship and that sort of stuff. So I had a little bit of practice in, you know, unspoken ways and also spoken ways. And so at that point, when you were in the Philippines with, with that person, what was it, ex, was it an exclusive agreement or were you like, we're together doing this, but I'm going to also do anything no, I, I want? I wasn't. So in the Philippines as a white American person or Western woman, I'm, you're pretty much ignored by the other expats, because if they're, if men are looking for anyone, they're looking for Filipino women. And I can't, I can't compete with that. (laughs) (laughs) So when I got this person's attention, I was like, you know, it's great because it was a great thing to have that person there when I needed to, to have like some kind of intimacy with somebody, even if it was just hanging out. But I always told him too, I'm like, I don't expect you to just be monogamous with me. I really didn't expect that. But as far as I know, he was maybe up to the end. He wasn't, but yeah. Interesting. And so then when you came back and presumably that was when you met Jason at some, some point after that. And then you guys sort of just (laughs) by default went into the non-monogamous route, I guess, by never turning it off. Not, not because you know. Start how you mean to continue this. I felt that's what I did when I got married, and I lost myself with that. Totally lost myself with that marriage, and and I felt like I came back to my true self again, just being who I am. It's it's like a lot of your other podcasts or your guests have said. Like, it's just the way I am. It's stupid to try to ignore it. Yeah. yeah did it feel so i guess do you mind expanding on that a little bit like when you got married and you turned off the non-monogamy piece of it like i guess what does that mean for you in terms of it not being yourself for me it's like having to i don't know just having to even turn off that you notice other people or that that feeling of oh they're noticing me that totally went away. I lost that and got fat. Like, it's like, it was like the classic, you know, she gets married and she gets fat kind of thing. And then I had a divorce diet. It was really interesting. Um, you know, you, I just turned it off and then we weren't having sex in my marriage either. So then it just completely, you really lose your mojo. Yeah. So it was, was the freedom, the, the autonomy, really that, that whole idea of, or that really strict idea of you shouldn't even be looking at someone else or, right. Well, and you don't feel, I would imagine you didn't feel desirable either. If like no one else noticed you and you're, and you weren't having sex in your relationship either. So that has to to kill your self-confidence too. He was in a similar situation where he also had, you know, not having sex in his marriage. And so I suppose for folks who are married right now and struggling with their sex lives, 
I feel like it's a testament because I've never felt closer to someone before. And we have so much space. It's just, it's magic. Yeah. And, and is it, I guess, did you feel it was about the sex or was it, was it much bigger than that? Cause I think it's easy for a lot of people to conflate like, Oh, they just want to fuck other people all the time. But Mm-mm. it's not, it's not yeah. usually just that simple. It sometimes is, but I guess for you, there guys, is, I mean, there is definitely that element. Absolutely. I, because like I said, I don't, I can't tell you what you can and can't do with your body. So I've always thought I could live with the don't ask, don't tell policy too. Like it's just always been, I've never been in the jealous type when it comes to sex. But like I said, a lot of it is the autonomy, this, this idea that you, it's your body. You, you can do what you want. It's your, your mind. Like I can't control what relationships you have with other people. That's just ridiculous in my mind. So that's really the core of it is like your, your personal spirit and growth and all of that mm-hmm. just right. allows some more room for growth. Right. Yeah. And whether that's the sexual side or an emotional aspect or some combination of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get exposed to how other people do it. You get to see it from the inside because you're doing it with other people. And I don't mean just sex, just any kind of relationship, like whatever level of relationship you kind of decide that you want to be on with this other person, you get to experience it. Uh, And it's compare and contrast, right? You you know, you, you get better because you start learning how different people do it. Yeah. Right. And, Oh, no, you go. I'm going to drink some wine. <laughs> you had a question. <clears throat> uh, well, I guess my question was, so on, on Val's side, you, you said you identify mostly with solo poly or relationship anarchy. On your side, Jason, how how do you go about approaching it? Well, as I said, I mean, I, I self-identify as poly. It took me quite a while to kind of get to that point. Interesting question. It's such, it's such a broad question. I'm like, oh, God, what angle do I want to, like, <laughs> approach? Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it's taken me a while to kind of get to the point where I'm like, okay, I think poly is the label that fits best, but I don't really kind of, like, sling it around or, or um, advertise it very much. But I guess I, I identify with it closest just because there's a there's a loving, caring aspect to it. Right. I've never, you know, with the odd exception, like I've never really wanted to just go out and, and smash, you know, it's, mm-hmm. there's always been a bit more of a, an emotional component to it. Like I have to like the person that I have right. to like think that they're, they're cool and like that I want to be around them and spend time with them for that to, to be a part of what I want to, to do with them. So yeah, when I, when I looked at just kind of like the, the bare, um, translation of the word i'm like yeah it's like love for many essentially and that kind of feels broad enough without me having to kind of descend down the rabbit hole of labels because it just gets confusing (laughs) then maybe rather than labeling it what does it look like on a practical like a practical level like me um it kind of goes in like a weekly cycle so i mean right now i'm seeing val and um four other people uh and in terms of, I mean, it's schedule, scheduling is like a, a key concern. It, it kind of happens on a weekly cycle. So I think usually every like Saturday or Sunday, I just kind of start reaching out to everybody to figure out, well, you know, what's what's up with you for the next week? You know, when are you free? 
And then I just play Tetris with my, my calendar to like <laughs> make it all fit. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in general, everybody seems to be on, on a, a, a weekly kind of basis that, that we all want to get to see each other, but there's no kind of requirement um, or at least, I, you know, I've never, never put that requirement on somebody if, because scheduling happens, honestly, people are out for a week or they get sick or, you know, life happens and, you know, you're not able to kind of maintain like a regular schedule. And I found that, for folks who really play, place a premium on getting their their fair share, quote unquote, of time, they struggle a lot with this kind of setup. And you know, it's 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 for them to kind of decide what they value the most. But I think back over you know the time that I spent um, with two people and just my general kind of stress level and trying to kind of like make sure that everything was kind of. Uh, running smoothly and everybody's feeling included and, and feeling like they're getting enough time. That was a lot harder than I feel now when everybody's on the same page and, you know, is working together. It feels, it feels much less stressful, even though there's even more people involved because it's just, it just feels more forgiving. Like there's more room for error. Just if I, I need to travel for work or um, if I get sick and I have to change plans or something happens, it feels like, okay, well, you know, we have enough history and I have enough trust in you that, I'm sure we'll see each other, you know, when we next make plans or, you know, skip a week or whatever, whatever it needs to be for everybody to involved to just feel like they're not stressed out by, yeah. <laughs> by mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a sensitive thing for him because we, like he said earlier, we were in a V and um, the other person was not non-monogamous. She was monogamous. Monogamous. Yeah. It's still it's still unclear, but yeah. somewhere between monogamish and monogamous, uh-huh. kind of like not monogamous, but not one hundred percent happy about and it. And you either. had you had uh, met her after the two of you got together, right around the same time. Okay, and I guess can you can you, can you can you explain what a what a V is? And it sounds like Jason, you were the sure. apex of the V, or the yeah, yeah. So for for the folks at home. Um, there's all kinds of names for it. Like I've, I've heard like a, it's like a V triad or a V or, uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different names for it, but essentially it's just, there's three people involved and two of the people don't have any kind of relationship with each other. Okay. So the person in the middle is kind of, uh, bouncing between the two. Yeah. The apex. Okay. And so, so value in the other partner, didn't really have contact at all. It was just, you knew she existed, but other than that, it was. Yeah. And okay. we tried, <laughs> we tried. Um, I met her in person, you know, and then we, um, Jason actually is an immigrant and he recently got his passport and got sworn in and everything. So yeah. um, last year. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Twenty years, it was amazing. <laughs> um, so you know, she was she was around for that, and like we could be comfortable with each other if we had to be, but it was really basically just putting up with it. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. So you had said like you those relationships had progressed in parallel when the two mm-hmm. of you met, and you met her as well. So, yeah. but she was mostly monogamous. So was it because she? had a problem or she was having issues with your being having multiple relationships that, that it was hard for her to be in the same, like to be around you. Val? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say yes. yes. Mm-hmm. It was just, she, she 
felt like she came second place all the time. And it's, yeah. you know, regardless of, of what, uh, what was actually happening, but ultimately it was just, she wanted something different. And uh, I think she tried and I tried in a different ways. Like she tried to be more accepting and more tolerant. I tried to kind of make the facade that we were monogamous and never mentioned that, you know, there are other people in the picture. Right. Um, but it's just not sustainable in the long run. And ultimately it kind of got to a point where I was like, we're, we're taking up too much space in each other's lives. Um, yeah. You should go find this monogamous setup that, that would fulfill you. And I'm going to, I want to explore poly. I want to, I want to, I want to explore other people, first of all, because I feel like it teaches me, it's like they're mirrors and they teach me about myself. And I, I just really enjoy talking about myself, but also connecting with, the, with these people as well. Um, that, you know, obviously I'm attracted to. And also I, I was curious to see like different styles of how people do this, but also like how, how far can I go? Like what, what's out there for me and you know, what would be an interesting part to take? So yeah, you know, over the, over the last year or so, I've just been exploring it a, a lot more and just getting to know different, uh, different people and connecting with different people. And I find that it doesn't just happen. Uh, it started off just one by one, but then you start meeting their, their relationship molecules or polycules or you know however you refer to it sure. you get to meet their groups as well and you just start seeing so many different approaches and, and attitudes but all kind of along the same general path of people don't own people mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's super cool i think and it, yeah, it's been a really interesting year <laughs> yeah and it's cool that you've been able to experience do what you want and experience that and come from uh I guess now you have multiple partners more than, I guess, more than just two. Yeah. So my question, my next question would be for both of you. And I guess through that journey, what are some of the things that, that you have um, discovered about yourself? And, and again, for both of you through the last, you know, few years of exploring this, like things that you've learned about yourselves and ways that you've grown and, and, Either good or bad. I like redheads. <laughs> we both have discovered that we have a type. Yeah. Very clear. She likes she likes Mr. Clean looking guys. <laughs> and I like redheads apparently. <laughs> so, and I can spot his type. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, we've gotten very adept to like picking out each other's types. So like, yep, mm-hmm, yep, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, it's like. It, feels like so i feel like i am who i am now because i've gone down this route i think i found it really interesting and and also very fulfilling to just kind of give people the space to be who they are instead of trying to put expectations on them and like put them in a box or like have them meet certain you know unflinching standards it's kind of like i try and just give people the space to be who they want to be or, or be who they are and just make my decisions accordingly as to okay well what level or kind of intensity of relationship do we do I want to have with you rather than going out and saying, well, I'm looking for a long-term relationship and anything that doesn't fit in that box, I'm just going to drop it and, you know, ignore it because it's not what I'm looking for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I find myself in much more of a, and I say that as though, like, that's not like a bad thing. You know, you can have, you can know what you want, but I find the phrase in people's head is, is I want a long-term relationship when it really should be, I want a long-term relationship with you. I feel like you should identify the person first instead of putting a framework around this is the relationship that I want and now I'm going to find somebody that fits or I'm going to stuff somebody in and yeah. that doesn't quite fit. 
or ignore the parts that don't fit. Yeah. You're in the box. You're in the box. I've closed the box now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't really. I've tried that and it didn't work for me. So I, I'm finding myself much more in a mode of just relating to people mm-hmm. on the level that that they seem to kind of want with it, like that we mutually want. I just kind of look and see where those bends, uh, bend diagram circles overlap, and I'm like, okay, well, that's where we are, and that can that can change or that can you know get wider or, or narrower right. over time. But it's just let's meet where we overlap and you know go from there. Well, I, I think that's evident in the fact that you and Val have been together for for six years, right? Obviously, you're not averse to long-term relationships, but it's right. really more about finding the right person and then figuring out what relationship makes yeah. sense for the two of you. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, I feel like you're constantly rejecting people who are like, you know, 80 85 90 95% of what you're looking for, but you no, know, sorry, you're not the 100%. Yeah. But, right. you know, then they get disillusioned because they don't find many of those people who are higher than 95% when, you know, you're putting too many restrictions on it. Yeah. Maybe, like, people are human, criteria. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you got to round people up just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, or, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like I have the luxury to, to be more forgiving and, and accepting this way because I'm not looking for one person to kind of fill that, yeah. perfectly fit that mold that I've cast in, you know, yeah. hard iron and nothing can budge about it because that's what I want. Right. Yeah. I feel like there's got to be a little bit of give and take, at least to just kind of like grow into the person and like get to know them, you know, because they're not, they're not always going to fit into that box perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Do the two of you see that I guess in the future, continuing what you're kind of the path you're on and dating more and, or yeah, I guess, do you see it changing in the future? Yeah, I do. But for me, I do. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't see this changing. Oh, this? Sorry. No, I see this change. No, I couldn't see <laughs> it going. Yeah, ahead. maybe you should ask a more confusing question. <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I got confused. Yeah, sorry. I was, I was meaning about your, I guess, how you explore polyamory and see that changing. No, I, I wouldn't go back to it's, monogamy. I, yeah, I don't, um, I don't see myself going back. No. no, even if, even if I found somebody who was like a perfect match for me, I would still enjoy. It's, it's just one more perspective. It's not. It doesn't crowd out the others. It just joins the others. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. And did it? Did it take a while to find? people that sort of it it sounds like for you the 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 form that works the best is being able to check in on a weekly basis and say hey Mm -hmm. here's where i am here's what my week looks like how do you guys feel about that i feel like that's not for everybody right like i think there's a lot of people who even in the poly sphere Mm -hmm. would like to know that i am a priority of yours moving forward and i don't I don't have to wait till Sunday to find out if I'm still sure. if I'm still in your 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 um, level of interest your your sphere Schedule. your sphere of interest. That was a constant. How do you thing. Yeah, how did you deal with that? Because you that know, was I don't a know, constant I know thing. I know it was difficult from my end, but it's difficult. It's like waiting for your lottery numbers. To I come mean, up you guys <laughs> just hit like this big red button. Like that was the thing with because his his partner. Um, from the V worked at a uh, weekly shift. She would, you know, she would find out on, on Sunday uh, when she would be working for the next yeah. week. And so, uh, she he, nights, based, so he based yeah. his schedule off of her schedule. 
and I didn't really have that say. So that was difficult. And I just kind of, uh, I just learned to roll with it because like I said, like, you're going to do what you're going to do. And I'm still here. Like that's pretty much the way I dealt with it. And there was a time when I almost walked away. I almost had enough, but I decided to double down because he was worth it. And I knew that he would see the error of her ways eventually. (laughs) (laughs) It's all because of the shaved head. Totally. Yeah. I I fit the Mr. Clean profile. It's more the beard. It's more the beard. (laughs) I mean, so, so from my side of the equation, yeah, it was, um, it was stressful because I knew that I knew that it, one person's schedule was dictating two other people's schedules, which was causing a lot of stress. Like I was having to kind of bend and contort around this kind of weekly schedule cycle and negotiating with Val as well to just kind of just make it fit together each week. Yeah, it was, it was, it was difficult. It caused a lot of stress, I think on, on all three of us, honestly, because there was a lot of guessing involved. And it's funny. I feel like even though, those restrictions aren't there anymore. I'm still kind of on a weekly cycle just because that's how I'm kind of used to planning my life. I mean, like, you know, big things go in the calendar and, you know, trips get stuck in the calendar weeks or months out. But uh, for the most part, I'm fairly like tactical when it comes to my schedule. And I just kind of, I, I offer up my availability and just see, you know, when people can and cannot meet and then just figure it out with them. I, I'm not really kind of like the, you know, WYD question mark, type of guy it's i prefer that you know we we make plans about a week out or two weeks out to see each other and, and stick to them i feel like it just kind of builds trust over time as well mm-hmm. just kind of being where you say you're going to be and, and prioritizing that you know when you agree to it try your best to try and prioritize it and schedule stuff around it so that you're not flaking out all the time right yeah. and i think it, it's probably slightly deeper than it sounds like it's not quite as simple as on Sunday all your partners find out if they're still your partners <laughs> or not, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an ongoing, yeah, yeah. an ongoing conversation. It's become part of the, yeah, it's become part it's of the conversation. It's really not a thing now. Scheduling is no big deal. It's Which I still can't believe that, the you know, just the stress level of running between two people and then comparing it to how it feels now. Where, like I said, you know, people are just much more flexible. Yeah, it's people are much more flexible. Everybody's on the same page. I don't feel like I'm walking on eggshells and like sending off like, okay, here's my availability, and then like wait for the blow up to come back. Right. <laughs> that was yeah, that was so, always an ongoing. Well, it sounds yeah. like you. It's better for you as well. Oh, totally. Yes. Honestly, the the relationship was toxic. So it just in general. So this was just one facet of it yeah. that. That's just so much better. And I'll tell you what I've learned. I've learned a lot about, and I, and I kind of knew this before with my philosophy of people are going to do what they're going to do. A woman told me years ago, Bill, people never forget that people always have their own agenda. And like that really stuck with me because it's true. Like I can't stop anybody from doing anything. So um, what I've learned is that you, you really have to let people make the mistakes and learn the lessons and find out the things for themselves. Mm-hmm. There's not much you can say. I had to step back and keep my mouth shut a lot of the time because I saw how I didn't even know the depth actually of how toxic it was until he broke away from that. And we started to kind of look back, you know, how you do you, through a breakup. We talked through it. 
and I, I learned that it doesn't have to be awkward to, to go through a breakup and help out a partner through that. It oh yeah. That was, that was a new experience. Yeah. Like when you go over to your girlfriend's up. house to complain about how you break it up with your yes. girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that the whole just like whole existence of other conversations that ordinary, yeah. ordinarily in monogamous <laughs> situations never even happen. Like, yes. yeah. yeah, and same with one dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we've learned a lot about you learn a lot about just caring for each other through yeah. these types of things that that are are really difficult. And and like I said, I've never felt closer to someone. It's just been awesome. Yep. Yeah. Even when biggest. it sucked, it was still awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. It, I, I've said it pretty frequently, uh, and I feel like I'm saying it more and more recently. It's just like even when there's ups and downs, like, yeah, the ups are awesome, but the downs are fucking fascinating. Like, I'm just like, it, it, you would never be, be in a situation to learn these types of lessons. And, and even when you, you completely mess it up, if you just go into it with, with a genuine intent, you can come out learning something and like, you're going to learn how to not do that again. And yeah, it sucks. And you can try and repair for past mistakes, but you come out of it just kind of knowing a lot more. Mm-hmm. And Val, during, I'm curious during the, the relationship with the V, did you ever uh, date or did you decide to date anybody else or were you? Yeah. With, mm-hmm. Okay. You were too. Yeah. I, I had some relationships Really nothing that that stuck, I don't know, like six months or, or whatever. Um, one of them turned into a really deep friendship. I just adore him. Um, we both do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and, and his wife. Yeah, I, I've dated. I don't know that I identify so much with the many loves. I I don't know. I I'm not really out there looking for anything specific. I'm just kind of meeting folks and seeing if there's a connection. And if I want to explore it deeper, then I will. It's just kind of being me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. And I'm circling back a little bit to the, you know, talking about how you guys helped each other through, you know, breakups and, and deaths. I mean, those are those are very hard things to go through, you know, by yourself. And I guess, do you mind talking a little more about, like, what it's like to go through those things and, and still having a partner? Because I think that's something that most people don't get to experience, right? Like, if yeah. if yeah. you if you go through a breakup, like, you call your best friend and you, you're the whiny best friend for a while until you get yeah. over it, right? But now you have another partner. So I, I guess what is what is that like in, in on both fronts <laughs> how has it been jason <laughs> i think i think the freedom to to have somebody that you can really speak your mind to that's a liberating feeling beyond anything else um somebody that understands you romantically and as a friend and have their their perspective on you know relationships that are ending or did I do that right? Was I compassionate? Like having somebody who really, really knows you to bounce that stuff off of is it's changed my life. And it's, it's, I mean, the, the freedom that I'm allowed, I'm not given, but that, that I have, I guess is what ironically, what binds me even tighter to you more than, you know, vows or, you know, a, a contract. Like 
because it's almost like I, I have this ability to go out and explore and learn things. And I bring it back to the relationship and I'm like, dude, check it out. Like check out what I learned. And we're both doing that. And it's, that's an incredible feeling. It's like, it really kind of accelerates your own growth and learning and, and introspection, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Did I answer the question? No. I, don't know. <laughs> I think you did. Maybe. <laughs> I guess for me, it, it was, it was hard to see him. He was hurting, but you know, it, it's like I said before with, um, you know, not being able to say the things and then it's still a practice of not wanting to say, I told you so, or any of that. Right. Um, it's really tempting to do. And, you know, I've learned a lot, I've learned patience and, and just that, you know, you have that empathy because there's another angle too, that didn't occur to me, but it's this feeling of being broken up with by him from (laughs) that was the hardest part for me emotionally. Like how she must have felt hearing those words from him. I imagine that because empathy just kicks in, you know, like, Oh my God, how she must've felt and hearing it from him. And, and that, that part was hard for me, but, um, it's, you were invested in that relationship too. I, I was. I mean, he, she made him happy, even if it didn't seem that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I, we were, you were saying how you almost lost yourself in your marriage, and how it took you a while to kind of get back to to be feeling yourself. I, I had a similar experience. Like I definitely lost a part of myself in in that relationship. But the crazy part is like it was like a, it was like a pull, but I had an anchor perspective of somebody who saw me differently and that made it that made it not easier but it made it I guess well I guess easier sure it made it easier for me to kind of like snap back to like who I was like find find that center again yeah because I wasn't left lost by you know that other relationship ending it's not to say like I had a backup it was just like I had somebody else who knew me really really well because I feel like when you break up with somebody and you've been with them for a long time, like you feel lost you because a part of you has kind of like gone away or like somebody who sees you and has like a really kind of well-seasoned like perspective of you mm-hmm. suddenly disappears in your life. And like, they take that perspective with them and we right. can't get that. It's like, you're losing a piece of yourself. Right. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was a really kind of different experience not having that person there anymore. And feeling like I could snap back like that, I still had a sense to, to come back to. It still was really painful, but I, I feel like I got there faster than um, I would have had I just suddenly found myself alone and trying to figure out, okay, well, who am I again without this person? Right. Yeah. We're pretty much best friends. So there was, it was just kind of built in. Right. You know, it was. Well, I think it. a little bit you have some of that validation, right? Like I think, you know, when you end a relationship, you start to feel like, well, there's something wrong with me or, you know, I screwed this up or I'm unlovable, all these things that come into your brain. And then to look and have somebody who loves you and says, no, you're, this wasn't you. Yeah, sure. You messed up here, 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 and here, but you're still, you know, you're still a good person. I still love you. You're still lovable. 
and yeah. you, you kind of have that anchor to pull you back out of the the darkness that could could set right. in. I felt yeah, I felt lucky honestly just to, just to have you there, and mm-hmm. lucky because you're awesome. But also, you know, I feel like the vast majority of people going through breakups don't have somebody like you there with them who's advocating for them, but also kind of like giving them the perspective, the other perspective of like, you know, Hey, maybe you should next time think about doing that a little bit better, or maybe a bit, a bit more, a bit more compassionate with, with how you approach a similar situation like this. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a really unique, unique perspective. <laughs> I had to really force myself to lead with kindness through all of it. That is, that was something I practiced the most was just leading with kindness. Yeah. Instead of the I told you so type attitude. And, and even through the relationship, like just not being cunty, you know? <laughs> yeah, because it'd be simple rule, but it's so hard had, to follow. Yeah, she was really <laughs> difficult. And there were lots of times where I would have been perfectly justified in being cunty right back. And, you know, I just always led with kindness. And yeah, I don't know. It just it does feel very validating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that's a good strategy in life in general. But yeah, lead it, with kindness. <laughs> I think that's a very good strategy. Yeah, I had to keep and that in mind. You got to practice. Like it doesn't come. It doesn't come naturally. Like you, you got to practice it. And you're going to make some mistakes, and you know you just got to kind of learn from them. Don't don't beat yourself up because you fucked up. Because there's no playbook for what we're doing we're inventing the playbook. And so there are lots of failed plays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. find what works, you know? So. Um, yeah, and, and your playbook may not work for somebody else, right? That's the other, that's right, the other hard right. part is there's no, <laughs> there's no right way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, I, I kind of view polyamory as like an umbrella term that encompasses a whole bunch of stuff that isn't the other way. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I tend to use the label because it's broad enough that people kind of get that I'm, okay, you're, you're not, you know, the regular flavor. Um, <laughs> but if they want to know exactly what flavor I am, then they have to ask a few more questions and show that they're actually interested. Otherwise, they can just leave it at, you know, you're, you're not vanilla. You're something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I could be wrong on the timing, but you had mentioned the timing of your breakup and of uh, Val's partner's death. And... Was that around the same time? Because that must have been extremely difficult. Oh, that was like... I think that was separated by like a year or something. No, no, it was like yeah. six months, I think. About six months, yeah. So there, was a, there was a bit of a... You know, yeah, that's still a lot to go through. I just... October to... When did you say it was February? Yeah. Yeah. Not even six months. Yeah. yeah that was pretty close. Wow. Wow. It's been a, an emotional year. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe... Yeah, I mean, throughout that, you mentioned something earlier, Jason, that, that coming back to your relationships, different relationships, and saying, oh, look at this amazing thing I've learned, or and bringing that back. What is, maybe what's something that each of you have learned from the other that you're excited to take and share with other people? Oh, Jason. Um, you, mean, you mean for the future? <laughs> Oh, sure, for the future, or just like like you, um, something that something that Val that, that Val taught you that you took out out of your relationship with her and said, "Hey, look at this awesome shit I just picked up." And, yeah, um, I'd say I'm kind of experiencing it right now, just um, almost like closing the loop of of all of the people in your network, like having them all know who each other is, and like 
being able to communicate with each other and meeting each other, that's an opportunity that I felt like we didn't have for quite a while. Um, just because adding new people to the mix was was kind of not it wasn't a stable mix, and so you know, adding new people to it wasn't wasn't really a, a I didn't feel like it was viable, and I just didn't want to do it. So now I'm I'm a bit more open, and everybody is you know much more on the same page. Having them all kind of just know who each other is is something I'm really curious about, and that I'm I'm seeing other partners that I have have their own groups, and like they they all know each other. It's a really positive thing. It's a really warm and like welcoming thing, and I feel like. Yeah, you know, I'm seeing from their example that this is possible, that it's a feasible way of, of just relating to other people. Mm-hmm. I think you had question. Like what I'm bringing back to the, the relationship? No, I'm, I'm learning about kind of knitting. What you learn from each other. Oh, what we learn from each other. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> B-roll. I thought you were asking what are we going out and learning and bringing back to this relationship. Just, just, also just an acceptable answer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm going to shut up. What did you learn from me? I'm still thinking about it. Oh, okay. Go. What did I learn from, from Belle? Um, Way to throw a tough question out there. Well, you know what? I've been had a little bit of wine, and I thought I'd ask some hard questions. It's it's patience and forgiveness. I think um, just giving people that that room to to feel feel like they don't they're not like walking on a tightrope with you. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. that really makes them feel much more comfortable and it helps them open up. I think I, I learned that from you. Really awesome. I learned that I'm a lot more patient than I thought I was. <laughs> That's good yeah. to know about yourself. Yeah. yeah. On most things, I mean. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh shit, don't fuck around. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, I've learned to be patient also. it's And be patient and kind with my own self. We always tell each other, what is it that your mom said? Don't talk about my friend like that. Because, you know, we're, I'm really like, I hate hearing people with their negative self-talk. And sometimes we catch each other doing that, you know? And so we've learned not to do that. And it it really helps to. You got a, you got a spotting partner just being like, don't talk about my fucking phone like that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, it helps. It, it sounds super cheesy, but it, it's yes, a real call thing. each other yeah, out, like, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, don't, don't bring that shit around here. Like, let's <laughs> not, this isn't the place for that. <laughs> yeah. Are you, I guess, have throughout this whole journey that both of you have been on, uh, have you been open about it with every, like with your friends and family? Or has it been something that you has evolved over time as well as your journey has? Every, yeah, I think everybody pretty much knows now. I don't think there's nobody that um, I get involved with uh, that I don't reveal it up front. Like, you know, on dating profiles, it's like the first line that I put in that, you know, hey, here's the deal. <laughs> if, if you're not down with this, that's okay. Basically, are you out? Yeah, am I out? Mostly, yes. Um, but I find that you kind of constantly, there's always one more person that you, you, you know, need to explain yourself to. But yeah, I think I would say. Um, Almost completely out, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah work. Uh, to my boss, yes, <laughs> and then I let the grapevine do its thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be going around advertising it because, it's like, that's 
it's not something that you advertise. Yeah, like, it's not like you need to send out an email blast. Or something. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. So we joke about that, but you know, there were times when I was kind of trying to figure out, okay, well, what am I? You know, I was in a very, um, I was working in a in a very kind of inclusive environment, and you know, they supported people being themselves. Uh, and at one point, I was like, well, maybe I should do like an all company presentation on this, just so no, like everybody's like. <laughs> you know, in the know. I'm like, like, I look back on that and like cringe. I'm like, no, you didn't need to just like <laughs> come together, everyone. No, stop what you're doing. It's not necessary. <laughs> you could do like a lunch and learn. Like the... Right. Well, I mean, that's literally that's what I was like on the table. I'm like, like, no. This is, yeah, well, this is one of those times where I'm glad that she's here because I'm like, hey, so what do, do you think about this? That. She's like, yeah, no, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> what about you? you know? Mostly, I guess, people don't really... I don't really talk about it at work, but I have told some people that I feel like I could trust. And yeah. I also have a burlesque persona, Velvet, on Instagram. So I use that to share all the things and, and of course, a little burlesque. So, yeah. That sounds fun. I'm, my family knows. So are your families, have they been fairly supportive? Yeah, oh I would God. say my, my parents. Um, His parents, I so, love them. <laughs> they're pretty rad. <laughs> uh, I, think, I would say for maybe five, four, five years, four and a half years, um, they didn't really know what their son was doing. They live, they live in um, Europe, and I'm originally from London. And so I, I didn't get the chance to kind of go back very frequently, so they knew that I was seeing multiple people, but this, a Skype call can only really like convey so much or like help you get to know somebody so so much. So it was kind of just like, you know, I try and slip mentions of, of Bell into, you know, email updates that I write back or like letters that I write or things like that. But they never really like kind of engaged with it because they were like, well, we don't understand what's going on. Um, I think that changed about three years ago. Um, my dad had a, a stroke and was paralyzed down the left side of his body and so you know i got like the 3 a.m frantic phone call from my mom um you know hastily arranged a ticket to go fly out and i just kind of was hanging out with my dad in the hospital for a while and that was the first time that he and i had had just like one-on-one -on -one time to just talk and reconnect in years and so yeah one day i kind of sat down uh and i was like so dad i need to talk to you about something um, and I just kind of told him, like, look, I, I met these women at the same time, and I love them with everything, um, and I couldn't choose. So we decided to figure out how we could make it work. Um, and I know that it's kind of weird. It's not what what's, you know, expected, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> like, this is, this is what I'm trying to do. Um, and so... He kind of was just like listening. And at that point, my mom kind of came back in, in the room and he just kind of turned to her and he goes, was like, uh, uh, we got to go. We have to go see them. We have to go meet them because they're, they're taking care of our boy out there. So they're family now. So, um, so my dad ended up doing a whole bunch of physiotherapy and a couple of years later, they were able to kind of come out and visit. And, you know, the five of us, myself, Belle, um, and, and uh, my parents, we all ended up managing to like sit and have dinner and hang out like like a family, and it was that was amazing. Wow, 
And I, like, I was just kind of sitting there like, is this happening? Is this really, <laughs> it's been, you know, five years. Is this actually happening? <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to like throw a plate at somebody or anything, but it was just like, we were all sitting and laughing and just kind of understanding that, you know, we were just kind of, we were connected to each other. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. And that yeah. they were, they, I mean, they flew a long way to make that happen yeah. and made that a priority. Yeah. And your dad did a lot of, therapy and everything that's yeah that's a really amazing story yeah Yeah, my mom was uh my mom likewise equally was just amazing about it you know I had just sat down with her and she's like so what's what's going on (laughs) and I told her I was like mom I just met them at the same time and I couldn't choose and she was like you know I never I never I knew I never raised you to be callous and and just use people and discard Mm -hmm. them I knew that that wasn't how I'd raised you but I just didn't know the context of, of you know who these who these women are to you and so, yeah, they were awesome about it. They they really helped. So that was like a big piece of the, of the puzzle that just felt like it just clicked right in. Yeah. It's nice to have the, that support from the family, I, I yeah. imagine. Yeah. It means everything, yeah. It's just really awkward with my folks, so I don't really talk about it with them. They, they knew... Cause I, you know, I would talk about other people, but really not give them a title or, or anything, or just call them a friend. Um, I've talked about it before, but I don't really think they, they just don't ask. They don't care. <laughs> I don't know that they care. They think it's, you know, it's just your sex life, honey. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, that's tough too, right? Because it's for you, it's more than just your sex life. Right. And so. I imagine yeah. at a certain point, there's times you want to be able to bring people home or or show them, and that it's tough that you can't do that or talk about people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I have some. There's a couple cousins and and an aunt, and like Jason said, I just use the grapevine for all. <laughs> just to his thing. To other family members. The information so will get there. I think they know, efficient. but I I come from the Midwest and. You know, I moved to California and like, I'm the crazy one that moved to California of all places, you know, what that's the kind of mindset that I come from. So I'm just kind of eccentric living out here in, in, in yeah, crazy yeah. California. <laughs> so uh, that's fine. I just don't go home that much. Right. Well, the weather's probably better there anyways. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Sunny and 70. That's the weather in San Diego. Yeah. Like clockwork. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think that's your dream. It is my dream. (laughs) Somebody loves the seasons. (laughs) Back to the interview. (laughs) You know, it's kind of, I'm I'm traveling to, uh, to, um, Midwest, uh, pretty soon. And it's, uh, I think the high is 14 and the low is four. I'm like, I'm kind of excited. It's going to be an adventure. It's because it's not my because way. you're traveling there and you can leave. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like it's like when you're an uncle and you're like, oh, it pooped. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so one one thing that we we try to talk about, if you guys are open to it, is how do you manage your your sexual health and your sexual safety, navigating multiple partners and keeping you know keeping everybody safe because it's not just you it's not just val or it's 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 all of you and your whole web yeah for sure 
Um, I use condoms with everybody except Pal. And I feel like it, that keeps it simple. Um, you know, there's, there's never any question. Of course, you know, I'm curious about how it would be nice to be able to expand that. But I haven't figured out a, a way that I feel comfortable with doing that yet. It's, it's tricky. And, and when you introduce a new partner or partners, do you, do you typically have conversations around, you know, s- sexual health and practices? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I prefer to like see results on a mobile phone personally, yeah. but uh, yeah. no one has actually done that except for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just kind of screenshot it and, know, and send I, it because I, I got it done recently. Newfangled thing, I guess. Right, I don't know, right. but yeah, I I can sh- I show people in that, hoping that they will show me theirs, kind of right. thing. Yeah. And do, yeah. Does, is it ever a deal breaker if they don't that you're like, hey, you know, I was willing to share this with you, and I'm not seeming to get anything back. Like, I, like, does it ever cause you to lose interest? I, yeah, I would have a, if, if I'm not, if I don't feel like I can trust you, I'm not going to have sex with you. (laughs) It's certainly not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I guess I just, you know, I just trust them if they say, yeah, I've been tested and, and then we go from there. I always use condoms with other folks too. And I don't, I don't sit here and say, Jason, you better not, not use condoms with anyone else mm-hmm. or whatever. I just, you know, I would like to know in advance, maybe if it's possible, but it, it's, if it happens or condom breaks, like shit happens. Yeah. I, I do not own you. I cannot tell you how to live your life. So yeah. I will protect myself. If, if he decides to do that, then we're going to use condoms and that's yeah. fine. It, it's kind of like, I, somebody, I forget who it was that maybe we heard it on a podcast, but they were like, you don't get to bitch about getting in, getting hurt in a car accident. If you're driving around town with no seatbelt, mm-hmm. just wear your fucking seatbelt. Like if everybody just is responsible <laughs> for wearing their own fucking seatbelt, you know, yeah. fewer people get hurt. And like, really, there's none of this yeah. finger pointing. Like you didn't click my seatbelt and she didn't click my, his yeah, seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> so like both of you are responsible for me getting hurt in this car crash. because my seatbelt. <laughs> it's like, come on guys. Just fucking do, click your seatbelt. Yeah. yeah. And I think, <laughs> yeah, I think you make a good point too, that like, if he wants to do that with other people, as long as he's willing to communicate that, then you have the information you need to make your own decision, whether it's, I want to, yeah. I want to continue on, or I want to start using condoms or, I want to see more frequent test results or whatever your yeah. decision is. Then you, you yeah. have the information. I think that's the important part. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, it takes I mean, the, it takes the like gravity out of it as well. Like it's just a quick conversation. Like, Hey, you know, I was thinking about this. Okay. Well, you know, here's how I feel about it. Make your own decision and let me know. Right. Um, rather than it being this, like, we need to talk, like sit down, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like ominous music, like playing. And, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. takes a lot of the, stress out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's the, the Dan Savage of don't don't roll it out like you've got cancer, right? Just <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of famous. Yeah, I, you know, I, I definitely intend to do that. I'm like, oh my god, wait She's like, that's it. That's all it was. I'm like, yes. So <laughs> <laughs> you need to stop doing that. <laughs> I know. I'm working on it. Year seven, I'm telling you. 
<laughs> it's going to be your year. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I wanted to ask, changing subject a little bit. Neither of you have kids, correct? I figured that would have come up if you did. Yeah, no, I'm like well, I mean, purposely child free. You have four babies, but I, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've got that responsibility. Uh, but yeah, no, no, we don't have kids, and yeah. and that's how we like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was partly the environmental thing, but really the fundamental tr- thing was just like, I just didn't feel like I wanted to. I never got to that point where I was like, all right, I'm ready to do this. I've got all of this great stuff I want to like pour into a little version of me. I just kind of never got to that point. Like, so I just decided that you know, I'd try and make a difference in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have fur babies and those are awesome. <laughs> yeah. right. Yes. I can leave them at home for a while if I have to. Yes. <laughs> yeah so one of the things that we like to ask just as kind of a fun way to wrap things up and and to help humanize you guys although you're fairly normal as it is um what are maybe each of you had a a funny blooper or outtake that you look back on and is just just comical for each of you either sexually or relationship or but preferably sexually (laughs) A funny sexual outtake? Um, oh. <laughs> I'm like, how crude can I be with this? <laughs> as, uh, as crude as you'd like. <laughs> Do I know this? Yes, oh, okay. I think so. Okay. <laughs> you know, this is going to be a great outtake. Uh, so we went back to her, her house. Uh she showed me, she gave me the tour. It was a beautiful house. We went down to the basement where she had her guest bedroom, where she and, you know, the house that she and her husband have together. And, you know, we're, we're disrobing. I'm going down on her, and I hear the keys in the front door. Uh, <laughs> I'm fully naked. She's fully naked. So I feel her freeze, and I hear the, the keys upstairs, and then the front door opens. And she, she kind of just, like, freezes. She's like, don't move. Don't move. And I'm like... I'm kind of in the middle, in between your thighs right now, like my face. So she gets off the bed, grabs a towel, and she's like, honey? And he's like, hey. And I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know he was going to be coming home. And she's like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. She's like, uh, we're still busy. Um, can you just go to the bar? And he's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll be back in, like, an hour. <laughs> so, yeah, that was kind of like a... Holly blew from over. I'm like, next time, could you just tell him that we're going like, to go back to your place and that he shouldn't come back, please? <laughs> you know, not to be surprised like that. Yeah. So he had no problem with it. It was just made you uncomfortable. Great. Well, I'm standing there thinking I'm about to get shot. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll just go have an IPA. Like, <laughs> and then you're and on the I, clock. I Figure out of my mind of him like going up to the bar and he's like, Hey Sam, bartender's like, Oh, hey man, how's it going? The usual? He's like, Yeah, yeah. He's like, Is your wife fuck another guy again? And basically, he's like, yeah, I'm like, Another hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes to finish up. Oh, <laughs> <Tick tock. laughs> uh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a good one. Yeah, that's why I'm one poly blooper. <laughs> I don't know if I have any. I can't think of anything. Well, that's that's all right. We'll let it go this time. Yeah. <laughs> next time, though. Yeah, next time. <laughs> yeah, I was in the basement thinking I was going to get shot. It was, right. it was pretty crazy. 
Right. Yep. <laughs> well, like I said, when, it, when these things go up and down, man, it's, even when they're down or they something goes crazy left turn, you're just like, oh, hey, look at that. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> a good but then I'm going to say that podcast interview i do <laughs> and then the hard part is not not bringing that story up at like normal conversations with people right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. absolutely yeah we have a lot of those where we're like somebody says something and we look at each other and we're like don't yeah, yeah. say it no. don't say it yeah. or you, you know you slip and you're like oh yeah that's right uh you know my girlfriend is in in the philippines uh-huh. And they're like, oh, who, who texted you? are like, oh, it's my girlfriend. Uh, she's just at a party around, around the corner. <laughs> and they're like, oh, did I tell, which, which girlfriend did I tell them about? Or when you accidentally say, oh, yeah, my girlfriends love that show. And they're like, this? Uh-uh. Girlfriends? <laughs> and you walk away and just leave them wondering. <laughs> uh, it's a tough life you live there, Jason. <laughs> you know, it's not for everybody, but it works for me. <laughs> I couldn't be more excited for Jason now that he's broken. I say it broken free from the toxic relationship. He's able to grow. I'm just so like, I'm just having a lot of fun, even watching, learning and meeting these people he's meeting. And I, I said to him a while back that before he, he broke up with Anne, you know, I (laughs) wish that more women could experience him. Because I really feel like, I don't know, he's just a, a model gentleman. And um, more women should experience that. So it's been I don't great. know where to look right now. I'm just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love. It's crazy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I think, I think that's a nice, a nice way to end. We'll leave Jason's, Jason's ego so big he's not going to be able to get out of the front door. It's, it's interesting he's grown a lot because he didn't know what he didn't see that in himself at all before and um i think he's starting to see it and i just hope he stays humble <laughs> we'll keep him in check wait a second <laughs> yeah awesome well if you guys are okay with it we'll maybe leave it there and yep, say, sure. say thank you for taking the time out of your evening to chat with us. and Yeah, unless there's anything else that we missed that you might want to bring up. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you know for sure. Okay, and... Um, <laughs> left it all on the tape. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and please keep in touch. And, um, yeah, thank you again for all your sharing and some, yes. some very emotional stuff. So we appreciate that. Yes, we really yeah. appreciate the open and honest communication. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to, you know, share our story and, and everybody else as well, because it's 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 helped us to hear those other people's. And so I hope you know all you guys out there listening. Like, I hope this is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well and we I, hope so too. And we always hear yeah. awesome feedback from people. So when we do, we will send it your way. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Cool. And cool. in the meantime, keep in touch, and we look forward to continuing to be friends. Yes. Yeah, we'll do. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, good night, guys. Good night. Yeah. Have a good night. Thanks very much. We made it. We came back. That was an awesome interview, and thank you to Val and Jason for sharing some really awesome, deep stuff. Yeah, and being honest and open about everything. It was amazing. Yeah, they are 
fantastic people and we're happy to have them now in our lives. Definitely, yeah. And they only came into our lives because we started this show and then they reached out to us, which you can do on our new website that we told you about earlier. Yeah. Normalizingnamonogamy.com. Or actually, I should mention this more often, if you're spelling challenged, and that's a lot of words, you can also find us at nnmpodcast.com. And while you're there, check out the resources page or the show notes for our new, not really a sponsor because we don't get anything for this, but you do. You get 10% off at myonecondoms.com. It's basically a custom fit condom for you, sir, or ma'am's partner that's got a penis. How am I doing? (laughs) Maybe you should say penis body people. Penis havers. (laughs) If you're a penis haver, uh, go check this out. Or if you're dating, married to, or connected sexually to a penis haver, go check this out. It's awesome. Uh, We're going to get in there as soon as we get back to the U.S. and order some test kits, measure myself up, and get me some custom fit condoms. Yeah. They have over 60 sizes. Save 10% at checkout when you use the the Emma code, the offer code Emma. (laughs) Now, let's let's get out of here so you can have the rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you for episode 47. Which is an interview with Kat and Tom. Tom Cat. These two, this is some wild shit. You, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. It's a fun interview. So we will see you in a week for that. Go have a good week.